final edition of the Coach Bill Tierney Show on ESPN Denver 1600. We are uh, coming to you live from the Pioneer Restaurant on South University Boulevard. Tyler Mon, joined by the head coach of Denver Pioneer Men's Lacrosse, Bill Tierney. This episode brought to you by Johnson Financial Group, partnering with families to bring simplicity and peace of mind as they help you achieve your financial goals. As we come into the final week of the regular season in 2022, as crazy as that is, and uh, Pioneer's playing some pretty good ball as of late. A 16-3 win over the Providence Friars on the road on Saturday. Coach, it's good to see you. It's been a, a couple weeks since we've gotten a chance to do this, but uh, you've had <laughs> a combined score of 34-7 to over your last two games, which seems like it's been pretty fun, and uh, now you're coming down the home stretch. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been good, Tyler. You know, we had, uh, as you know, it's uh, it was a crazy early season, you know, but, um, you know, it, we, we played a lot of good teams and in our non-conference schedule. And, you know, as I always say, you don't you don't get strong bench pressing broomsticks, you know, and so uh, that's all I could do, though. <laughs> well, you and I both. But <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it's it's prepared us well. Now we've played very well the last two games. Jack Thompson's played very well. Our defense come together really well. Um, but we got a big challenge on our hands Friday night, which we'll talk about. But uh, so far, so good. Good road trip last week to Providence. And uh, got out of there with a great victory. Pioneers headed into this week at 3-1 and one in conference play after that 16-3 win over the Providence Friars. 8-5 and five is the overall mark. And we're going to talk about the Marquette Golden Eagles who are in town on Friday uh, for a, a televised game under the lights of Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium. But let's recap last week's win first. Uh, you're coming off of back-to-back victories on the road at Villanova, a tough one that you get a 12-10 win. Uh, and then at home against St. John's on Senior Day, really good performance, 18-4 the win in that one. So you keep building that momentum. And you've got a 3-0 lead coming out of the first at Providence, 5-1 at halftime, and just steadily improving, it felt like, quarter by quarter. Uh, what were your biggest takeaways from the Providence game? Well, you know, it, it, the result was not indicative of the game. As you know, as, as you said, it was 5-1 at half, and uh, Jack made some saves early in that, in that game to kind of keep us afloat. We jumped out to a great start. We scored our first three goals in a matter of four or five minutes, and then you know, due to due to um, Providence's play and and uh, face-off game a little bit, but we just uh, kind of went flat a little bit. And um, but the defense held tight, and uh, as we were getting our grip back offensively, um, as we were getting our grip back offensively, we, uh, as you said, steadily steadily got moving and got to nine-one, and then. Uh, kind of broke the dam open uh, in the fourth quarter. You outscored Providence 7-1 in the fourth, and we've talked so much this year about, especially coming out of halftime, the way your guys have responded so well in the second half. Playing that well in the fourth quarter uh, is kind of a different dimension in itself, especially because you get to rotate in some guys we saw two weeks ago against St. John's. We saw a lot of names and faces out there who are getting minutes, uh, substantial minutes for the first time this season. What does it say about where your guys are at this point of the year that you can go into the fourth quarter in a game on the road, outscore a team 7-1 and play with some Breathing room. Well, it, you know, it's it was good. Uh, you know, you, you're always learning from the mistakes you make, and uh, but it was another lesson for us on how to win a lacrosse game. And and uh, you know, we did play a lot of people, and we played a lot of people early, and and that's been our mo lately, and that's that's helped. Uh, but you know, to have three guys score their first goal in, of the season, uh, we have a couple of players who are really coming on, young guys. Uh, Andrew Atchison and Joe Terribaletti who are really playing great lacrosse and uh, and so um, you know it's, it might be their chance we, we just don't know but overall 
to be able to get out of there, as you mentioned, played almost everybody that was on the road other than maybe one goalie. But, uh, you know, it's a good feeling at this time of the year because you're rolling into playoff time and you, you want to be at your best and you want to be healthy as well. Talking about some of these young guys who are kind of stepping up and making an impact, aside from having maybe one of the best names uh, that I have heard in my time uh, doing Denver lacrosse, Joe Terribiletti, uh, he plays with confidence. And that was something that that's not easy for a young guy to come in, step onto the field, and immediately you can tell, oh, he's really comfortable with the ball on a stick, moving around, being able to, you know, distribute or catch and shoot, do all that type of stuff. Tell us about Joe's game and what's him, what's made him and Andrew Atchison kind of get those looks and, and some of the, the – early confidence from you guys to have them out on the field. Now, first of all, Joe will be a captain of this team, and, and, and it may be before his senior year. This guy is really into it. He's a hard worker. He meets with Coach Brown every week, even though he's not, you know, in the, in the starting rotation, one of the top three midfields, which he will be this week. Um, he just loves the game. He's got a, such a positive, hard-working attitude. Everything that Brownie tells him, he tries to work on and get better at. And he has just improved over over the years so much. And he will be an instrumental player for us in the future, starting starting maybe very soon, but certainly next year as well. And then uh, Andrew Atchison, he just, he, you know, he's on our scout team, but he beats our first string defense every day. And, and he, the goal he scored the other day, we see that happen every day to our defense. So uh, Andrew's... Uh, a young man who's very serious about his game and, and has some things that he does really well. He's very quick. He's got uh, an amazingly quick hands, and uh, he's going to be another guy that's going to be instrumental to our future. Coach, with your guys now coming into this week at 3-1 and one in conference play, you got the toughest draw right out of the gate with Georgetown and that 17-9 loss to open league play a few weeks ago. But now the way you've been able to build confidence over these last three games, especially going on the road to Villanova, coming away with a 12-10 win there, the, the offense has taken steps forward. Your defense has looked really good as well. What have been the biggest things that you've seen for the reason behind 34 goals scored in your last two games and only seven goals allowed in your last two games? You know, we could, we could get deep into uh, uh, the psychology of 18 to 22-year-olds, but I'll, I'll spare you that. But uh, <laughs> post-COVID, that has been uh, – and I could, you could write books on that. But uh, I just think our guys are getting comfortable. We're seeing a lot of the similar stuff uh, from other teams offensively. So defense – for our defense, we're seeing it over and over again. Little wrinkles, but uh, more confidence. And certainly Jack playing well on the goals, you know, through, through even the, the Georgetown game. Um, you know, has uh, gives your defense confidence, gives your offense confidence that if they turn one over, that there's going to be a save or or a big stop. And staff in the you know, uh, staff facing off has been just um, so timely in in important wins of of the faceoff game. Uh, there's a lot of great faceoff guys out there now, and and but the most important is whenever we've really needed one, staff's got it for us. So I think just a lot of things coming together. Um, we're settled in on our midfield lines. We're settled in on our rotations. Uh, we've got depth at the, at the defense now that A.J. Mercurio's back. So right. everything, you know, knock on wood, is coming together. And probably the best of all is the, the way Jack Hanna is playing. He's playing so smart. He's not getting five or six goals a game because he's drawing so much attention. But he's playing so smart and so uh, unselfishly that puts pressure on the on the defense of the other team. We talk about uh, maturity as it comes on the field for guys who are in Jack's spot, where you know 
you're the guy who gets circled on the, the opposing game film and on the scouting reports and all that coming into a week. How has he evolved with that since his freshman year? You know, obviously he's got to learn from some great scorers and great performers throughout his time here. You know, Ethan Walker here through his entire career up until this year. And um, being uh, in a spot where now as a, a veteran and a guy who's been around, a guy who's stuck around and come back, how has he grown in that maturity standpoint where he only has two goals this weekend, but he helps distribute for an offense that scores 16. J.J. Silstrop gets three. Noah Manning gets two. Johnny Morocco gets two. Uh, what has contributed to Jack's growth in that vein? Well, and, and on that note, in, 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 in that vein, we talked about this before. If we would go back and count how many hockey assists that Jack right. has, it's phenomenal. Because as soon as he gets the ball, he's being double teamed, which means he's got to keep moving and he's got to draw draw those guys two guys to him and then move the ball quickly which is two or three passes removed the, the balls in the back of the net so but Jack's career has been interesting in that you know he started out as a freshman didn't play very much for us and then all of a sudden as a sophomore and junior became a superstar uh, and now has got to a point where it's just ridiculous how much he how much attention he gets um, you know, it's kind of funny. He'll be drafted in the pros very soon, and I think when he gets to that level, he'll actually go back and be a superstar again with the things that he does because they won't be double-teaming right. him and sliding to him so early. So Jack's uh, just a phenomenal young man. He cares so much about this team, a great competitor, as I've always talked about. But uh, he's matured as a person. He's matured as a player. And uh, there haven't been very many better than that. Coach, this is something that's evolved over the course of your career. Uh, to have these opportunities for guys to go on and play professionally, there have been, you know, various incarnations and ways that guys can go do it. But to see the, you know, the PLL and the NLL and Major League Lacrosse and all these different options for guys, when you have players who are nearing the end of their collegiate careers, how has that changed in the mentality maybe of what guys look at as, you know, maybe 30 years ago, the best players in the nation would think, well, my, my window is still very limited. i got to have something to do outside of this. Now there are these bigger opportunities uh, in terms of what guys like Trevor Baptiste can go on and do, Ethan Walker can go on and do. How have you seen that evolve over the, the course of your career? Well, you know, and you look at it from both sides of the spectrum. You know, it's been phenomenal for young men to come out of college and, and uh, be able to play pro lacrosse, be professional athletes. Uh, and now now nowadays they can sell themselves on social media and, yeah. and all that other stuff as well. So you can you can do well. Um, the, the flip side of it, and I'm thankful for this, is that lacrosse is still a sport where the most important thing you get from it is your college education. And so with that in mind, um, you know, these guys, uh, you know, our hockey guys are signing million-dollar contracts and our lacrosse guys are signing $25,000 right. contracts. So there's a, there's a vast difference there. But in their mind and in their heart, it's the same thing. So the ones who really care, the ones who really work on their bodies, the ones who uh, hone their craft a little bit more are the ones who are going to be longer-term pro players. And uh, although still limited at the pro level, if a guy plays both indoor and outdoor, he can do pretty well for the first four or five years out of college and then gain a reputation and find a, find a living after that. It's a Coach Bill Tierney show on ESPN Denver 1600 from the Pioneer Restaurant on South University, presented by your Front Range Toyota Storage. We're going to step aside for a timeout, bring it on back and preview the final regular season game of 2022 with the Marquette Golden Eagles coming to town on Friday. That's ahead on ESPN Denver 1600. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. 
That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi, and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. Hey, Jan. Say, is now a good time for a new Toyota? You bet it is. Now through April 4th is the perfect time to shop for a RAV4, Tundra, Tacoma, Corolla, and more. Imagine yourself in a RAV4. Where would you go first? Skinny Al's Barbecue. <gasps> I'm imagining you inviting me. Ready, set, go get your Toyota today. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary. Your Front Range Toyota store is proud to be the exclusive automotive partner of your DU Pioneers. I'm jumping in with my clothes on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound-chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Why? Why take a chance? Why risk a mistake? Why say something? We all have reasons why we choose to ignore the things that give us pause, that seem out of place, that don't feel right. The word why can either paralyze us or empower us to stand up and protect what we love. So if you see something, why do you say something? I see safe for my family. I see safe for my friends. I see say for my students. We see say for each other. I see say because all of this matters. We all have something worth protecting. A why that unifies this community we're all a part of. So protect your everyday. Report suspicious activity to local authorities. If you see something, say something. Picture streams in our community. That's where our kids play, and dogs splash. And some of these streams provide the water we drink. But is the water in these streams clean and safe? The truth is, for most local streams, no one knows. That's a problem. One the Isaac Walton League can help you solve with the Clean Water Challenge. For almost 50 years, the Isaac Walton League of America has helped people just like you test the water in local streams, clean up pollution, and protect healthy waters. Today, the Isaac Walton League has an ambitious new goal. Engage volunteers across the country to test 100,000 more streams for pollution. You can protect clean water in our community by joining the Clean Water Challenge. To get involved, visit iwla.org. That's iwla.org. It's a time of tremendous uncertainty for everyone but some things haven't changed. Stomach cancer is still a leading cause of cancer death worldwide. 
More than 1 million people will be diagnosed this year alone, and it's vital to know your risks and learn ways to prevent it. It's also critical for cancer patients to protect themselves from all viruses. No Stomach for Cancer encourages you to listen to medical experts to understand your risks. Find out more about COVID-19 at cancer.gov and learn more about your risks for stomach cancer at nostomachforcancer.org. Back inside the Piney Restaurant on ESPN Denver 1600, hanging out at South University Boulevard for the final edition of the Coach Bill Tierney Show here in 2022. I know it's always an emotional moment for you. Our last time hanging out, shooting the breeze for 30 minutes a week. I'm hoping you'll be okay after today. I think I will because you know what my first love is really baseball. I do. I do know that. I do. We uh, we texted back and forth about the uh, the Jersey Shore Blue Claws. I think last summer, a couple That's summers right. ago. That's right. uh, you know, it's I'm always trying to lead you down the path to get an obscene minor league hat, I, like I have. I was a World Series champ as an eight year old of the Golden Hawks of Levittown, New York. That's man. amazing. It's all. It's all. Scored the winning run and drove in the tying run. So. That's incredible. That's my, it's my life history in baseball. <laughs> Are you a guy who can go out and, like, bowl, like, a 280 without even trying? No, because let's go back to that baseball when some idiot coach when I was 10 t- taught me how to throw curveballs and my elbows oh, great. still hanging still hanging off. Yeah, that's that. always a nice feature. As of, long uh... as they have those bumper pads in there, I think I, I could do pretty well. We're hanging out at the Pioneer. This episode of the Coachville Tuning Show brought to you by Johnson Financial Group, partnering with families, families to bring simplicity and peace of mind as they help you achieve your financial goals. Coach, we're coming into the final week of this regular season, which is so weird to, to say, the fact that we're already nearing uh, the month of April, and you guys get a chance to play on Friday night under the lights on Altitude 2, uh, and, of course, you're on ESPN Denver 1600 as well. Before we talk about, you know, the final game of the regular season and, and a night game and all that type of stuff, let's talk about Marquette because you get a Golden Eagles team that over the last few years you've handled well. Uh, they were kind of a, a thorn in your side for a few years there in the, the Big East Conference tournament um, and with the way that they were building themselves up as a program. When you look at the 2022 Golden Eagles, what stands out most about Marquette coming in? Well, two of their best players have been in and out of injuries all year long. Big defensemen, first team all Big East, all-American defensemen have been out. And uh, Devin Cowan, their their best player, best offensive player, has been in and out of the lineup. Now we expect him to play against us on Friday, so um, you know that's a big that's a big difference for for Marquette. But you know they're so well coached. They've had some rough goes, but they've had some really good goes as well. You know they uh, almost knocked off Villanova the other day. They're back, and so we're seeing them at at their at their best on Friday. So that's that's kind of the. The, the, the dilemma we face, um, obviously what we're playing for is really important. You know, we're playing for, uh, we'll know the result of the Villanova-Georgetown game before our game Friday night. So either we'll be playing for a tie for first place in our in our conference or for the second place spot, uh, you know, in the, in the tournament, in the Big East tournament next week and play Villanova if they don't beat Georgetown. So there's a lot at stake. Um, and and this senior class has had a had a hell of a run at, at Peter Barton Stadium and and throughout their four slash five years and uh, obviously with a Friday night under the lights you know thing that we rarely get to do it's it's going to be a big night it's already been sold out uh, the game sold out and so we're going to have quite an atmosphere there and I'm I'm hopeful that um, the fact that it's going to be a great game with a great team uh, hopeful that our guys 
play well. It's been a while since we've had a game under the lights, especially a regular season game under the lights. And there is something that is special about it. I mean, for every kid who grows up playing a sport, first time you get to play under the lights is when you feel like you're doing it at the biggest level. You're doing it on the highest stage. There's something that is uh, sort of magical about that. When you are coming into uh, the final game on your home field in a season, and that is the atmosphere, and knowing that there's going to be a sellout crowd, what does that do for your guys when, you know, they haven't done this a ton, uh, but you've got so much going behind you now and all that energy in that building. What's that going to be like for them? Uh, it, it, you know, you hope they don't get too crazy yeah. about it. You know, you, you can't let that stuff interfere with the fact that you have to put a little round ball on a six-by-six six goal, and then that's the, ultimately what we need to do. But uh, they'll be excited about it. Last home game in, uh, in their career. Last probably, yeah, definitely last home game in their career. So, um I don't think they'll, they'll need to be a great pregame speech, that's for sure. When uh, you've got a, a final game of the season, but you got a chance to already honor your seniors with Senior Day two weeks ago, how does that help manage kind of the emotion of a game like Friday? I talked about it on the broadcast two weeks ago that it's nice to get that, I don't want to say out of the way, because that's an important thing, an important moment, especially for families to have Senior Day. But not having to do it in your last game, I feel like probably helps a lot. Is that how you guys view that as a staff? Absolutely. That's, it can be uh, positive, as you say, but a huge distraction. And, and so it changes the warm-up. It changes the routine. It's, it's, uh, you, know, you get the emotion of, of moms and dads that, that are looking at their son, <laughs> now grown up at 22, 23 years old, and uh, a lot that can play into their hands. Um, so uh, that's out of the way. We know the task at hand, and that's the most important thing. Marquette uh, coming in, Villanova playing Georgetown. Uh, you've gotten wins in back-to-back weeks now over a couple of teams that have scuffled a little bit in St. John's and Providence, but there are no easy weeks in Big East Conference play. Um, going into the Big East Conference tournament, potentially as the, the two-seed, let's say, or in a tie for first place with Georgetown, whatever it is, we, over the last you know decade in this conference, Denver's been the number one going into, into the conference tournament year after year. This year... Uh, it's been such a different um, structure to this season. And there is almost something to be said, and obviously when you're a a broadcaster for a team, you're looking at things a little bit through rose-colored glasses and trying to see positives. But I feel like there are legitimate positives that come out of the fact that you may go into a conference tournament as not the team with the biggest target on your back. Everybody's focused on Georgetown this year. How does that change uh, mentality-wise the ability to lock in and focus week to week when it isn't just, well, we're on cruise control, we're going to blow through the conference 5-0 and and go into the tournament as a one seed. Our backs are to the wall. You know, they really are. We know that the way with the addition of the Ivy League this year and how well they're playing, um, <clears throat> there's no room in the NCAA tournament for teams that have five losses. And so uh, even though we've played a, a tough, one of the toughest schedules in the country, we haven't had any bad losses, yeah. knock on wood, and hopefully we don't have any to wrap up the season. But... Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's going to be a little different, especially at Georgetown. But what you have to really be careful of is if if things were to turn out where we play, we would play Villanova first. Um, then you got to make sure that you you keep your eyes on that prize because right. that that was not a that that game at Villanova was not an easy win. We were down a lot of that game, so that's a really good team as well. So um, yeah, the chip on the shoulder. You know, we've been beaten five straight times in the Big East tournament uh, after winning the Big East regular season. So something's up, and uh, hopefully maybe this this different mentality, as you call it, going into it will uh, 
help us get over that hump. From an X's and O's standpoint against Marquette, the things that you have liked over your last few weeks, riding three straight wins in now, what do you think you can do against Marquette that will serve you guys well? Well, we've got to continue to do what we've been doing. You know, we we fought back, you know, from being a having a ground ball deficit at one point of 60 or 70 ground balls. We're down to now a deficit of 13. So we want to push that over the top. Um, that'll be really important. But um, respecting their their players and understanding how good these guys are. They got a freshman who's good friends with Jimmy Freehill, our best our freshman defenseman, and. Uh, O'Grady and he is scoring. I think he's got 43 goals. So, and and as I mentioned, Devin Cowan is a really good player. So, we have to make sure not only do we know where those two are, but they've got four or five other guys that can put the ball in the back of the net. So, playing good defense, playing well in the goal, getting timely face-off wins, and then when we get our opportunities at the at the offensive end, making sure we we put them in the back of the net. From your standpoint as a coach. The last couple of years obviously have been so different with guys being able to, to come in and, uh, you know, stick around for an extra year, grad transfers, all of that. Are there times when you look at rosters and think, hasn't this dude been in school for like 55 years? There, every single week there is a player on an opposing roster. Last week it was Matt Grillo with Providence that I felt like, I think Matt Grillo was on that team the first year I did broadcasts for DU Lacrosse, which was like 2014. And I know that's not the case, but it feels like right. dudes have been around forever now. Yeah, the only thing that, that, that makes me not wonder about that too much, the two things are, you know, Teddy Sullivan and Jack Anna. Because <laughs> <So>, they're ours, and I'm sure other people are, are saying that about us as well, you know. And uh, if we had a brain, we would have played Jack a lot more in his freshman year and, and Teddy as well. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the situation, the whole COVID thing. Personally, I'll be happy when we get through next year which will be the last year of the 50-year guys right. but even then we're going to see a little bit more because the ivy league basically has two years and they don't let their kids play in graduate school right. so uh it's that this is going to go on for a little bit longer but it's uh it's it's one of those things that has uh in some cases made the game great in other cases made people look at it it's like the the transfer portal in 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 basketball, right. you know, there's 1,500 kids on that. It's, we're, we're playing to the, the grass is always greener on the other side type thing. But I think for lacrosse, it's so small. And uh, the kids who have gone to these schools as a fit to a different schools of fifth year have done pretty well. And uh, the ones who have stayed have done very well. So, uh, you know, as long as everybody's on the same page and has the same opportunities, it's been fine. All right, Coach, final point for you. You touched on it a, a minute ago, but uh, our last edition of the Coach Bill Tierney Show on ESPN Denver 1600 presented by your Front Range Toyota stores. Your biggest keys uh, distilled for Friday night against Marquette to come away with a win. You know, trying to, trying to you know, do well facing off. That's, that's going to be huge. Playing well in the goal and then not trying to rush things offensively. I thought last week we got into a little bit of a rat race against Providence in the second, in the end of the first quarter in, into the second. And, uh, you know, we, we know who we are, and we've got to be uh, smart with that. We've got to be patient when we need to be patient. Still push transition if we have it. But, but being smart and, and executing 
Coach Brown's offense is, is going to be key. It's going to be a fun one coming up on Friday as the Pioneers take on the Marquette Golden Eagles. 7 o'clock faceoff at Peter Bartlett Cross Stadium. 6.30 Pioneer pregame on ESPN Denver 1600. Uh, it's been another fun season of these, Coach. Another Thanks. one. Hope we got a few more in us. You and me both. We'll see you on Friday. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Tyler. Wrapping up this week's episode of the Coach Bill Tierney Show presented by Johnson Financial Group. We'll talk to you on Friday for Denver and Marquette. Planning your financial future can be overwhelming and confusing. Let the experts at Johnson Financial Group help guide you to your financial goals. The team at Johnson Financial Group believes in increasing transparency, lowering fees, and striving to achieve better outcomes so you can have a peace of mind when it comes to all of your investing needs. Contact Johnson Financial Group at jfgwealth.net to get started on planning your future. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola a journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like.